is Appetite for Distortion. Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 295. My name is Brando. With me today, are you in Dallas, Craig? I am. I am in Dallas. Yes, sir. Okay, because we're obviously doing the, the Dallas show review today. Correct. I think, oh, I left my email open. Sometimes it's something important, and it is not important. Because you know what? It happened, and this is before we get into the Dallas review. I guess it kind of makes sense, uh, my unplanned segue. Uh, I I was supposed to interview, and I did interview Jerry Cantrell, but that was supposed to be in uh, episode number 295. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, you were supposed to be episode number 295. You reached out to me to do this Dallas review. Then I had Jerry Cantrell, and then it just got delayed. And then I was like, then it was going to happen the same time you and I were going to connect. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'm sorry, Craig, but Jerry, I, I got to bump you. You know, we got to let's let's do it the day after. Totally understand. He definitely takes priority over me. <laughs> I, I appreciate you putting your ego aside and doing that. So, Absolutely. So then I spoke to Jerry. Like it happened. Like I'm riding high mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not teasing it just to be uh, a jerk about that episode coming up. But we spoke about like an upcoming single of his and in, in the video. So they just asked, hey, he hasn't given this information out yet or this is not publicly known yet. The video hasn't debuted yet. So mm-hmm. can you just hold off until September 10th? I said, I can do that. So rather than cut out some cool stuff, he spoke about the uh, his new uh, video for his next single. What's this wait? And I'm like, you know what? Right back in episode number 295, Craig's on standby. So thank you. I guess I didn't really get bumped by him then. So it's all good. I know. I know. You were just, but you were flexible. I appreciate that. Sure. And while I do these reviews, this is, I love this. This is why I, I almost kick myself if I could physically do it, that I didn't do these extended fan reviews earlier because mm-hmm. yeah we, if we did the the fan obsessions and maybe that'll be a short segment and, and we can plan that uh that can happen whenever mm-hmm. but the review you kind of want it to be as timely as possible sure i, I guess uh, at some point we'll get roy orbison jr to do the la review he wants mm-hmm. to do that we'll see if he brings on his um roy three I think it's like mm-hmm. five years old. I would want a five-year-old on the, uh, to talk about GNR on the podcast. Him, cool. and I, him and I would bond over SpongeBob or, or, or and, and hopefully <laughs> something. But I've seen, you know, people, uh, it's been happened to a lot of work. I'm, I'm lucky I get to work from home, but you're taking time out of your day from work, which is just awesome. And it means a lot to, to me that you're, you reached out on, uh, on Twitter mm-hmm. and a good opportunity to promote the new Twitter at the AFD podcast. Uh, but you reached out on Twitter and I was like, absolutely, man. So all that said, thank you. Uh, thank you, Craig from, from Dallas. Th- thank you very much for having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, like I, like I said beforehand, I don't get too much, uh, too many opportunities to speak to someone that's uh, as big of a fan as some of us are out there. So this is, this is good. Yeah. You were telling me that off air and we'll give a, a mention to, um, Oh, the Phil. And I want to make sure because I didn't I didn't as promote it properly last time because Phil, when he reached out to me on Instagram and I go to look at his page and I'm like, he's got like a 200,000 followers. But Las Vegas Phil, because he's a foodie and he has all this delicious food up, up there. So I'll properly promote him this time. Las Vegas Phil 
uh, with F I L L uh, Philip Zhang on uh, on Instagram. He has like almost two hundred thousand followers. But you were listening to him, mm-hmm. and he said something that was you know, I, I I can identify with it. You obviously identify with it. Many of the people who are gravitated towards this podcast do. Where do you go to talk about Guns N' Roses? Not all your friends and family are as obsessed as we are, right? Right, right. So I, I'm, I, I can appreciate. I, I'm glad I can give you this outlet and you guys this outlet. <laughs> yeah, th- well, thank you. No, this this is great. And I was actually at the show, the Las Vegas show as well. So it was it was really interesting to hear their perspectives. And um, I don't remember if it was Phil or the other guy that was talking about the challenges of getting in and getting to the pit. That was a nightmare. So I, I was I was fortunate to know that I wasn't the only guy that struggled with that. But uh, very cool. Yeah. And I think what we all took, because I'm just a fan who happens to work in, in radio and I happen to have started this podcast, I, I tell you know my trials and tribulations of just going to a show and seating and all the, the, the stuff that we all identify with. So mm-hmm. I think that's what's been fun about the review, not just for the people who come on the podcast, but the people who listen. It's like, oh, mm-hmm. I've been through that. I know what he's talking about, especially yeah. if, you, if you were there at the same show. Right. But today, Dallas, I think the only time I've been physically in dallas was in the airport mm-hmm. um i i felt like <laughs> i tweeted at del james the other day and he, he liked my tweet i said i hope you flipped off every cowboys fan you saw when you were down there <laughs> so, yeah. hey, that's okay i'm not really from dallas i've lived here for 20 years i'm actually from buffalo new york so i'm a huge bills fan so i am not a cowboys fan okay okay yeah the the only real new york team by that's the way true. yeah that's absolutely 100 correct yeah that that's great so I, I love that. So it's, you've been in Dallas for, for quite some time, but I, I, I spoke about it on the podcast. My first time in Texas was right before the pandemic, going to Austin City Limits to see GNR and a bunch of other, mainly GNR, but it was cool to see like Billie Eilish and mm-hmm. uh, the, what was it? The, the Rack on Tours. That was pretty cool. I hadn't, I hadn't seen Jack White before, so that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But it was, huh. oh yeah, and then I, because I, all I brought were, like my basketball jerseys, which I wear all the time. And now is a time in Texas where it's like 50 degrees the whole weekend. Which is rare in October. Yeah, 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 I know. So fuck me, right? right. So, uh, <laughs> um, so you've been in Dallas for a while. So do you, and you mentioned going to Vegas. Do you normally travel do you, or do you normally see the shows in and around uh, where you are? You know, so I, I you know, in preparation kind of, I, I kind of went back and listed all the shows that I've been to and very few of them have been local, right? So I think I've seen Guns N' Roses twice, in, I'm sorry, three times in Dallas out of all the times that I've seen them. And, you know, I've probably seen them the most in Las Vegas. It's my favorite city. And they, you know, generally either do a really big show or multiple nights. So it kind of makes it worth it. Uh, and then just some of my my friends from home, um, we'll, we'll make it a once or twice time of year where we'll meet at one of the concerts when when it when it works out that way. So, you know, I really, I've seen them three times in Dallas, um, seen them, you know, the, the pre-reunion, some at the stadium when they came back and then on this Lifetime tour. And then I just saw them obviously on Wednesday night. So I'll, I, I like to kind of get out a little bit and, um, and see them in different places. Do you normally, because I've been talking to a lot of fans thus far that go by themselves. Do you bring, I know you said you meet up with friends, but 
Do you have a, a, a concert buddy at all? I, I, I do, actually. So I've only been to one show by myself, um, and that was in Houston on the Not This Lifetime tour. Um, but I, I do have a buddy from home. His name is Craig also. We grew up together, grew up huge Guns N' Roses fan. So he's usually the guy that will meet me in Vegas, uh, as he did this past weekend. And then uh, he's one of the ones that will travel to, to the other sites to see it. He doesn't generally come to Dallas, because quite honestly, Dallas isn't a whole lot of fun for somebody from, from out of town. Uh, but he's, he's, my, uh, he's my buddy that we travel to to see the shows with i got another buddy scotty g shout out to him uh he'll he'll always travel to shows with us as well um but then locally i got one guy that uh he's not obsessed right like he's he likes them he's a fan he knows their songs maybe knows appetite but you know he he, my buddy gorman he goes with me around here and uh always has a good time as well so those are really the guys that i that i tend to to go to these shows with do you make uh, homemade DIY shirts with your other buddy Craig, like Craig and R? Anything? No, like that? no, we, have, we haven't done that yet, but uh, it's still time. You never know. <laughs> Very cool. But you said something interesting, of course, that someone from out of town may not enjoy a Dallas show. Uh, so I guess just take us through that day with these tickets that you bought pre-pandemic. Did you buy them close to the show? Because that obviously can vary. Like for me, I held on to my New Jersey tickets, but the, mm-hmm. uh, the Hershey show I bought, you know, when they went on sale uh, the second time around. Yeah. So they originally were supposed to play at our new baseball stadium for the original 2020 date that got straight up canceled. Okay. And then they kind of came out with that second wave of shows and they moved the venue from the baseball field to the arena. And, you know, they had given us a refund and then they all went on sale. So I had to, you know, rebuy my seats. So I bought those seats, I want to say probably early June and uh, asked my buddy Gorman that I go to the shows locally with. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm in. Haven't seen him in a couple of years. So I'm hundred percent in. So we had to get new, new tickets. Normally I'm in the pit, but since I just saw him in the pit last Friday, we had side stage on Slash. So they were really good seats. We kind of see him coming out. So it was pretty cool. Do you like to vary or you're just not somebody who likes to be in the pit all the time or seats? You like different perspectives? Uh, I, so personally, I'd take the pit all the time if I could, but, um, it's, you know, I don't like to get up close, right? I'm older, I'm 47. So I don't, I don't want to be scrunched amongst people, especially during the pandemic. Um, but, but like I said, my buddy Gorman, he's not a, he's not like a rabid fan, right? So he likes to sit back, relax, enjoy the show a little bit, get some beer. So, you know, he and I usually sit in seats and since he's the guy that I go with locally, that's, that's what we did for this show. I appreciate you making that sacrifice, you know, your, your, your friend. And I get yeah. that, you know, it's, yeah, I, I think it was Phil. It was so funny when he was talking about how he can't even go with a casual fan because some people it's like a religious experience. And if you don't get it, I mean, it's like, Whoa, you know, what, what are you doing? But yeah. I, I'm grateful. I think we're both grateful. My, my, uh, I've accepted my fiance's, uh, Dave Matthews, um, Let's just call it fandom. I'm not going to make fun of it. Her, her fandom as she's, I think today is the first day of three days in a row to her, for her to see Dave, uh, Dave Matthews at the Gorge. And mm-hmm. she goes crazy when I, I saw it when the pandemic first hit and it, it was just like li- all the bands are live streaming. There's no concerts and everything. Every Wednesday, I think I complained about it at the time because I mean, every Wednesday I had to sit in, uh, in a Dave Matthews concert in my living room because they would do a live stream. Uh, a Nugs TV, whatever, and she would be dancing in the living room for like five hours every, every Wednesday. And but then she, week, huh? she'd see me with 
Guns N' Roses rocking out, singing along to every single word, whether it's in the car, whether it's the shows we've been to. So we've both seen, you know, our full fandom on on peak, mm-hmm. on peak or whatever the kids are saying. So uh, <laughs> it's it's OK. We accept our, our craziness when we go to shows. But uh, right. yeah, so that's also something to consider that people can relate to. I'm sure like who they go with, who their concert friends are. Yeah. Uh, so when you. We're going like, how is the weather in Dallas? It sounds like such a silly question, but how's the, how is the atmosphere? How is the day in, in Dallas? Yeah. Typical, t- typical beginning of September, late, yeah. sun, late summer day, hundred degrees, bright sunshine. Um, you know, I did cut out of work a little bit early to, you know, I had to drop my daughter off the babysitter, go to my buddy's house, Uber down to the arena. Cause I live about 45 minutes from the arena, but you know, we just, uh, just a perfect afternoon, picked it up, grabbed a couple of beers, went over to, to Hooters to have some food and walked up to the arena. Um, missed Wolfgang Van Halen. Cause there's a little bit of Dallas is a very, uh, late arriving crowd and everybody's arriving at about the same time. So we, we missed Wolfgang uh, Van Halen. But uh, got in, got to our seats, got a little bit of merch, grabbed a couple of drinks, sat down, and uh, you know they went on roughly the same time they went on in Vegas. So I had a I had a better understanding of when they were going to start. And you know, one thing I didn't know in Vegas was their intro was shortened. Right? It used to be like a I used to consider it like the ten minute warning when the animation started. We used to have ten minutes to get your seats and use rest from whatever. Um, now it's down to like three four minutes. So once that started, I knew we had to be in our seats. So it was just just a great day. Good afternoon. Didn't have any tr- troubles getting down there. It was a pretty smooth process. That's good to hear because we were talking off air. I, I think we were talking about this part of it all off air. My my only time in uh, no, I just said it recently. See, I, I've been having so many episodes. <laughs> well, lately, yeah. what conversations with what person? So forgive me. Uh, that when my time in, in 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 Texas in Austin, it was like fifty degrees that whole that whole weekend. I, I came down with all my basketball jerseys I was going to wear. You know, my 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 Guns N' Roses uh, tank tops and cutoffs, and it was like freezing the whole weekend. So that's why I was just curious, and especially since we've had some reports of uh, heat exhaustion and you know mm-hmm. passing people water. So I was just curious about like you know what the uh, the ambiance in the day that everyone, you know, everything, what it was like. And uh, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, everyone's late in Dallas and arriving at the same time. I was worried about that at Hershey park. My, my first experience there for a concert and it was just smooth sailing up until right there. And I felt like I missed the first two, three songs of uh, Wolfgang's performance because of that. But you've learned, and this has kind of been a running joke with people who have done these reviews the GNR is is not your mom and dad's GNR. That they come on early, the early bird special, and there are people who are not at the show yet or just finding their seats. Did you? Well, you were ready, but did you find that other people were like, "Wait, what? Like, what's going on?" Or were people yeah. ready? Yeah. So, so where where we sat? I mean, I think the people in the pit are generally the, the the crazier, more obsessed fans, right? They know, they know, they know the set list. They know what time they're going on. They know. And then you get onto the side, you, you know, Dallas, you know, I wouldn't say I was in the, the section of the most passionate fans. Right. So they're all sitting there talking and, you know, I hear people, Oh, they're not going to come on till midnight. You know, I remember I saw them in 91. I'm like, I, I, I didn't say anything. I'm just like, okay. And, um, you know, to that point, it was about half full when the lights started going down and everyone's like surprised. And I'm like, I even I said to the couple next to us, I said they'll go on about eight fifteen, eight twenty, and they're like, "Really? You think so?" I said, "Yeah, I just saw them last Friday, and you know, I read the reviews, but it seemed like a very uh, casual crowd, right? Uh, there to 
probably pretty happy to go to see a concert because there haven't been a whole lot of big ones here, especially rock metal shows. And uh, they, they all seemed a little bit surprised that they're going on that early. It, it's really quite amazing. And something that I know I have to take a step back from, and, and maybe you have to do that too, Greg, do this too, that we are, it feels like we're the majority of Guns N' Roses fans because we're on social media where we know the set list. We were talking, you know, Chinese democracy. We know about hard school coming out. Go to the concerts. The majority are not that. They haven't seen 1991. Yeah, Axel, he's, you know, he's still a jerk. It's like, no. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, what, lying down on top of pianos. Uh, you did do that. Yeah. It's smiling at Slash. Like, it's just a completely different band. And uh, it's just pay attention. I mean, it's it's great you're going to the show and you want to see Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. But it just sucks that if you're going to miss any of the show. And it's just great that it's just ironic that Guns N' Roses' old reputation precedes them. And it's mm-hmm. just like, how, how do they erase that? You know, they're trying to. I don't know if they can. I don't know if they, they, they can. They can because, you know, a lot of, again, if you're not, if you're not, I don't want to say obsessed because that's really the, the wrong word, but if you're not into them and follow them to the level that we do, you it's probably hard. wouldn't know. You know what I mean? You, you probably, you probably wouldn't know unless somebody told you. So, you know, I get it, but, you know, I, I was happy to be there and, and see them come up in the side stage. That's probably the first time I've seen that. You know, they wait back there for a couple of minutes. So it was cool, but, you know, very well attended, I got to add. Um, the, the arena was pretty full. I don't know if it's quite a sellout, but all, all three levels were full. Really happy to see that they had a really big crowd there. Awesome. Because I think that's been the, the case where it's, it's not a, a GNR problem. It's a concert problem that they are doing really well despite everything. They really are doing a great job. And I'll, I'll say this. I'll tease the next episode, which I know is in, it's already in the can, the Velveteers that opened up for Guns N' Roses in Denver. And we spoke about the process, uh, not just like about them finding out about, you know, uh, opening up for GNR and just the fun part of it, but the, the COVID process, the protocol, the backstage stuff. So it's just GNR is, is doing it right. And uh, they get it. They really do get it. They want to get through this tour. Um mm-hmm safely and uh, and they want the fans to be safe and i've seen signs i i mean i kind of know the answer uh how is the uh i guess how is the covert protocol in in dallas were people adhering to that i didn't think so you know so it was kind of hit or miss um they made you put it on when you when you went inside i tried to keep mine on when i wasn't when i wasn't actively drinking that's the rule right if you're not actively eating or drinking you have to have it on virtually impossible to enforce there were people around me that wore masks the entire time um okay. looked down in the pit because we we're you know fairly close to the pit some people had them on but you know it's really hard to, to it's a, it's hard to police it number one and number two when you're singing and dancing and screaming and you know, a lot of people drinking it that's it makes it even harder so it does it does and i i think that what needs to get across because some people are like oh i can get uh covid can't get me while i'm eating or yeah. when I, it's not, it's not what it's about. It's all about minimizing risk. That's what it's all about. Just exactly. trying to be as safe as possible and do what you can and do your part. So, Perfect. you know, it, it's, yeah, I mean, the band promotes that. So, and I promote it. I want to, I want to go to concerts normally and not deal with all this shit. Don't we all? Yeah. Man, everybody does. Everybody does. But this was as close to normal these last two shows as, as, um, 
it's my third and fourth concert since um, since concerts have been back, and, and these last two felt as close to normal as uh, as possible. You know, all things considered. Cool. So, what were you looking forward to as somebody who's kind of a seasoned vet with going to GNR shows? As somebody who knows the set list, were there are there certain songs you look forward to? Uh, yeah. What, yeah what, let me know some of the what you're looking forward to. Yeah. So, so a couple of things along those lines. You know, there are there are your favorite songs that you have that you you really look forward to regardless. Um, you know, the lure I'll say of potentially hearing Hard School or something that they haven't played. Um, although you get let down quite a bit because they don't generally do too much flipping of the set list anymore. The fact that you don't want to be, you don't want to miss it, right. Just in case that were to be the one you know, time that it happens, mm-hmm. um, you know, highlights for me personally. Uh, I love, I love the way the show opens up with it's so easy and Mr. Brownstone. Um, you know, I, I can't say that I'm as wild about sweet child of mine in paradise city because I've heard them so many times, but, um, you know, estranged is always great. Um, love Night Train Live. Really do like Madagascar since they put that back into the set. That that I think is a really good song. Um, love Don't Cry Live. Um, and then you know, of course, November Rain and and all the all the songs. You could be mine, but you know, I probably look the most forward to Rocket Queen. Um, that's that's probably the song. That's that's my probably my favorite song. Definitely off that album, it's my favorite song. So those are some highlights that I always look forward to. Nice, nice. And and see, we talk about the set list and a couple of funny things, uh, interesting th- things there. When I went to Jersey and they played Absurd for the second time, that's mm-hmm. when I, my, my former co-host, current friend, Scotto, went to the bathroom. So And so he missed it. So good job, Ian. You missed <laughs> New Guns N' Roses Music Live. It may never happen again. <laughs> and I, I've seen two shows thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of all the shows I've seen, uh, I've I've only been I say only because I've been talking to fans who've been to you know triple digits. Uh, I've I don't know if I've seen Madagascar. I maybe seen Don't Cry. I've only been to seven shows, but seven is still a lot to see. So I mean the set list it does change. And going back to before how we are not the you know we don't want to say obsessed the diehards. When Sweet Child of Mine in Paradise City, yeah, you know what I don't need to hear. Me personally, I mean, I love those songs, but you know, if they replace them with uh, Shackler's Revenge and uh, I'd be fine you know, with that, you know, bad percent there that are there to see those songs wouldn't be so the eruption that happens when those songs go on, it, yeah. all the phones going up, it's just that's it, those songs will never, ever, ever go away. So yeah. that, and I don't think that they should, I, it's just kind of one of those things you have to realize and, and yeah it would be awesome if they did a, comp- a completely new set list and sure but there would be there would be fans that would leave being like what the what the fuck was that they didn't play this they didn't play that and and that's why they get so many good reviews they play the hits and i think they're doing their best they're they are we may not think that they are their communication may be questionable at times but i think they're doing the best to please the diehards with you know with, yeah, with, they with do, they like do a lot of the cuts i mean you know I had this, I had this conversation with, with my buddies and it, it's like a couple of things. So number one, as this tour has gone on, it's gotten a little bit longer, right? So the, the shows at the very beginning were a little bit shorter. I think there's a, I saw one song encore a couple of nights. Um, and yeah. and uh, my buddy Scott went to actually Detroit and kind of felt a little bit ripped off. I think he said, you know, but, and then we talked about, it, I said, you know, Hey, listen, we're kind of spoiled here. Right. Um, yeah. We were, we were going to shows that were three and a half, almost four hours long playing 34 songs. And, and that's awesome. And because we love that stuff, but the average fan, a, that's too long. If you're not like into it and right. B, 
a 25 song set is still a really good, uh, really good set. And I, you know, I said, I think we're just spoiled, right? We really got spoiled with 30 plus song set list. So, you know, it's still a great show. Um, it was a much, it was a much more tolerable length of time. I think for my buddy, it's not a diehard. Um, so, you know, it, it was a good, it was a good show, but, but the set list, you know, I wish they would, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to, talk too much about the set list as far as what I would want and not want, but yeah, this is your review. You have your, <laughs> your opinions. This is your forum to do so. Yeah. If they could cut out the covers, I mean, you know, just, just, and that's just my thing. I think, I think the majority of diehards would be okay. If the covers disappeared and you threw in a couple of other songs that they don't play on a regular basis. I think that that'd be my only wish. I think that's, um, that might be the most common Agreed upon thing among Guns N' Roses fans are, are the covers, but just like Paradise City and Sweet Child of Mine, Knocking on Heaven's Door and Live and Let Die, those covers, they're not going anywhere because so many people, uh, not us, obviously, and, and the younger generation associate those songs with mm-hmm. Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. you know, not Bob Dylan or Paul McCartney, which seems like what, but right. you got to think, uh, you know, the next generation that, that, they know Guns N' Roses, but they're not going to know Bob Dylan like that. It's just right. that's just the way it is. But yeah, I, I I'm like I saw the Seeker in the uh, set list again. I'm like, why? I I like he does a great it, he does a great version. He really really does. I just don't yeah. know why that's such a consistent song in the set list when it's not a tribute to you know it's Wichita Lineman. Hey, I I think I actually love that. It's a cover. That's mm-hmm. a cover. And I've said this personally, I would love it on the record. I don't mind if they keep it. To me, it's just, it sounds, it, it taught me about the, see, mm-hmm. a younger person, I know Glenn Campbell's stuff like that. I knew mm-hmm. of it. Right. Glenn, Glenn Campbell's version is great, but I mean, the GNR version, to me, it feels like lies GNR. It does. So, so everyone has their opinion with it all. But yeah, when you have other songs, and they have a ton of songs on their alt set list, totally. which is. And I'm sorry, at this point, enough people have posted it that it's confirmed. It's not like, you know, at the early on before the, 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 the tour, we may see these leaked set lists. Is this real? Is that not real? Yeah. I think there was one that came out. It's like absurd. We had never heard that name before. Yeah. That, that's fake. That's fake. It's not fake. There was a song. Uh, it, it was Silkworms. <laughs> now it's absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And, and before I forget to, to say, you'll appreciate this, Craig, and I'm not going to give, you know, too many um, specifics about it, but I, I'm, I know somebody who is in like the mammoth um, camp, the, uh, yeah, I guess to say the mammoth camp who is aware of the set list and is aware of hard school. He's like, he, he knows he's like, they're going to, you know, they, they've uh, sound checked it. They may have, they're actually, there was talks about uh, debuting it before the tour, but I don't know why it didn't happen. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't know. It's it, it's going to happen at at some point. I just don't know when with this friggin' band. So yeah, hopefully one day they'll replace the seeker with hard school and That'd maybe they, maybe that's just been a placeholder. Maybe that's what it is. They're seeking for new music, and that's what well, it's. Well, I got I got a little bit excited about the show being on a Wednesday night, which is normally not an ideal night for for a concert. But they generally when they slip a new song in. If you look at history of set list, they generally do it on like a Wednesday night, right? Or they, they don't do it in like a big setting. They'll, they'll slip it in on a on Wednesday night. A couple of years ago, 2019, uh, I missed the Oklahoma City show, which is about a two and a half, three hour drive for me. 
Uh, it was it was weather related, and then that was the night they played Locomotive, and I've been kicking myself since then because that's that'd be a great song. I've never seen it live, so you know I was kind of hoping that hey, you know, it's a Wednesday night. Is this is this going to be the night Hard School comes out? But uh, I, I wasn't disappointed um, because you know I've, I've never heard it live, but uh, I was hopeful, right, that it was going to happen. It's isn't it nice that we have kind of le- like legitimate hope now, and there yeah. is some sort of like mystery about going to these shows. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, oh, it's going to be the same thing. We know it's what's going to happen. The, mm-hmm. the the foundation, the skeleton is still there, what GNR does and what they do well. But mm-hmm. there is still that, that wiggle room to be like, oh, wow. Okay, something's going to happen here. I mean, I went to a show where Axel's like, we're going to release a new song at midnight. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what did I just hear? Uh, so speaking of that new song, mm-hmm. uh how do you think about what do you think about absurd? Because you, you've seen it a few times live at this point. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, hey, I, I, I can't say I love it, you know, um, but, but I, what I will say about it is a, it's nice. I'd much rather have a new song that I don't like love. I'm getting to love it. Right. I like it live much better than what I've heard uh, the iTunes or whatever version. Um, I think it's nice to have a new song from them, even if they took an older song and made it, you know, fit today's band. I think that's cool. Um, you know, I will say that Axel is super into that song when he's singing it. He probably showed the most emotion and passion while singing Absurd, which was cool to see. You know, he had, uh, you know, they're not the world's most dangerous band anymore. They're a great band, but uh, he had like, I won't say rage, but you know how he gets he gets into it. And he was so into Absurd, which made me like it that much more. There's some people around us like a a little bit turned off by the lyrical content, but, uh, you know, I get it, you know, but, uh, you know, I don't love the song, but I don't hate it. I, I, um, I'd rather have shadow over your love in there instead of absurd, but, but, but it's a new song and I'm happy to have it. I'll just put it that way. I'm happy to have it. That's I know that's, it's growing on me. I'll say that it's growing on me. I gotcha. And yeah, even for me with uh, the lyrical content and I, you know, I, I watch, I've seen all three human centipedes multiple times. So mm-hmm. it's like, I have a sick mind. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, that's not a song I want to listen for maggots. I feel, uh, I don't know. That's, that's like a, it's a bedroom word. That's when yeah. you're yeah. big. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I didn't like, I said, I've said this before. I didn't like silkworms, but I don't know what they did the first time. And I, I actually like it. I've had friends go, like my, my actual friends. You don't really like that song. You're just saying that for the podcast. No, I I like it. I I don't know what I, it is. It's something whatever Slash did to mm-hmm. it, and that that scream that Axel does, and yeah, especially seeing it live and seeing how passionate it is about it. I I like it. I mean, is it November Rain? You know, is it even? Uh, Night Train? No, I don't think it needs to be, though. I think it, it just kind of fits their discography. And uh, I, I'm happy for it to be part of the, the GNR rotation. That's kind of how I... Me, me too. I, and, I, and like I said, it is growing on me, right? Like the first time I heard it, I'm like, I don't know about all this. But, you know, it's growing on me. And just to see how passionate he was about the song made me more into it. So Growing on you like a maggot. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's too funny. Uh, so... Anything, because we, we talked about your highlights. Uh, how is, we talked about the crowd. I mean, anything that you saw that maybe that stood out, because uh, some of us have spoken about, did you see any fights break out or anything interesting you saw on the stage, communication with the band? Uh, anything um, perhaps you stood out we didn't cover? Yeah, definitely no fights. Um, it was, you know, Dallas is a, 
well, I, I, you know, I don't think they're the most passionate group about anything, right? Whether it's a sports team <laughs> or, or, or their, or their music, right? They're there to be seen in a lot of cases. Cause I said it was probably a 90% casual fan base. They got really excited when the hits came on. Um, didn't see any fights, didn't see anything like that. Um, as far as communication on the stage, you know, First thing I'll just say about the overall of the band themselves on the stage, Axel must have been in a great mood that night. He was chatty. Um, he was ha- he looked like he was having fun. He looked like he was having fun. And, you know, at the beginning when they're kind of getting started, my buddy said, he's like, wow, they don't have much chemistry on stage. I said, oh, they, you know, they will. They're just they're just getting their sound right, you know. And then Axel started leaning on Slash, and he's running around, and he got more active as the show went on. But the chemistry looks per- perfectly fine to me. I thought they sounded great. And, again, you know, I just saw him last Friday, right? So Axel wasn't nearly as chatty with the crowd in Vegas as he was with Dallas's crowd. Um, he seemed happy to be there. Um, looked like he was genuinely having fun, which which is cool to see rather than somebody going through the motions. Not that he ever has, but I've seen bands that you just feel sure. like, hey, I'm there to occupy my requirement of a 90 minute set and get the heck out of here. So um, it was a good it was a good set. And I thought, um, you know, you already you mentioned I don't remember if it was on air or beforehand about Axel laying on the piano, um, waiting for Slash to finish the solo. That was really cool. That was kind of funny. I, and I, I love people just showing like gifts of it and. and- I don't know. It's just, wow. What world are we in that this is where we're at? Right. <laughs> and, and everyone's making the joke. Axel's, you know, uh, he's lying in the pose, you know, paint me like, like one of your French girls. Paint me. Right. <laughs> you know, but they're, they're, you know, to those people, like, yeah, they're making a, a boatload of money, but that's not what it's all about. And mm-hmm. you can't fake that. You can't yeah. fake that at all. Um, so how, did you say it before? How many shows exactly you've been to uh, numbers wise? I, t- I tallied it up last night. I've been to 21. I feel like I'm leaving like one or two out of there over the years. But, you know, my first one kind of going back through my, my history, told you already I'm 47. So growing up, I was uh, a huge fan. And I kind of pride myself on the fact that I had Appetite for Destruction before Sweet Child of Mine came out. So I was the kid that was uh, – I was grounded a lot for starters. So I, I used to watch Headbangers Ball on the weekends. Nice. And I remember seeing Welcome to the Jungle and being like, man, this is this is way different than anything that was going on. Like, you know, I actually had all the teased hair and all that stuff, but the music sounded great. So um, 21 shows. First one that I saw was them and Metallica on the co-headlining tour in 92. I was graduating from high school that year. I was so excited about it. A uh, little bit disappointed in that one. I don't think, you know, in retrospect, Knowing what we know now, probably not the best time within the band. Um, Metallica actually kind of blew them off the stage that night, which and we waited till like twelve thirty in the morning for them to even start. So Metallica went on at like six to eight thirty nine, and then there's like three hours. It was just, it just wasn't a great, you know, overall. Then I saw them Skin and Bones tour in Hamilton, Ontario, uh, in '93, which was a really good show. I, I kind of went through and highlighted my my three favorite shows, and that was. That was um, probably number number two uh, of all time. A reason being, they did a little acoustic set in the middle of the show where they brought out couches and they did uh, four or five songs acoustically. And I just remember it's in Canada and there was a lot of strip clubs in Canada and they had all these strippers bringing them drinks on trays and stuff. So it was really cool. Saw some saw some songs that I hadn't heard before. Um, so that that was really cool. And then I saw them. Those were the two times with the somewhat original lineup. You know, Gilby and Matt Sorm were in the band at, at that point. So I never saw the original five. Uh, and then, you know, the next time I saw Axel was 2010. 
um, when they ca- they came back and did a Canadian tour. And I was living in Dallas at the time, and I flew up to Hamilton with my buddy Craig, and we went to that show, and it was kind of still the same thing, right? Sebastian Bach opened, and then there was like a three-hour wait before they came on. And, you know, I didn't appreciate it at the time. It was 2010. Chinese democracy had been out, but I didn't appreciate Chinese democracy the way back then that I do today. I have a much greater uh, affinity for it. And when I went back and looked at that set list, it was very heavy, heavily Chinese democracy. So they played stuff like Shackler's Revenge and Street of Dreams and things that you don't hear all the time. You know, of course, Better is on there and all the ones that they've done. But um, it was a good show. It was, again, the wait at that point. Then I saw him, you know, Dallas once. Then they did the two residencies in Vegas and saw him a couple of times each time for that. And then, you know, I've seen them two, four, six, eight, nine, 11, 12, 13. This is my 13th show since the reunion. So, yeah. You've seen, I mean, legendary shows. I mean, while the Metallica one may not have been the best one, to Mm -hmm. say that you were there and you experienced that. Sure. I mean, I don't know. You wouldn't want to relive it, but at least you said you were there. Yeah, you know, and and I've just seen videos of those couch uh, performances, uh, acoustic. That's something I would love to see now. That's why I that's think cool. I, I I think that's why I'm so affectionate towards uh, Wichita Lyman. It just kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of of an era I didn't see, mm-hmm. and, and and what I would like to see. So that would have been a song that they would have done in the couch had they been performing right? back for sure. Sure. So where would this show rank for you? This is new. This Dallas show. Yeah, you know. And again, I don't think I've ever been to a bad show, right? So I, I want to, and, and it's really hard to to say. You know, I'd say it was probably right in the middle, right? It was, uh, it was, again, I, I already mentioned being a little bit spoiled by previous sets. So I'd say it's probably bottom fifty percent, but that doesn't mean by any stretch of imagination that was a bad show. It just, um, you know, it was what I expected. It was great, sounded great, had a great time, but it it, it didn't stand out in the way that some of the others would have in the past like i'll just say that my number one show was the las vegas first night when they got back together and the right. it, that, that the intensity i don't remember if you were there or not were you at that show right now no the intensity and anticipation of that night was just crazy in the arena not to mention we had gotten a tweet like five hours before the show that axel had broken his foot and then everybody's thinking oh gosh is he going to show up because they're still thinking old axel that he came out in the throne and we didn't know the set list, right? So those three elements, like being the first night available to the public, it, it was just awesome. I didn't go until midnight, but you know that that's fine. It was Vegas, and it was, but it was it was just awesome. It was just awesome, and you know, not to say that it was a bad show in Dallas because it wasn't, but just the not knowing, right, what song's coming up next. Now you can kind of plan a little bit on when you might need to use the restroom or whatever the case might be. So, but it was a good show. I'd say you know middle of the pack, right? Nothing nothing stood out for me. That makes sense. And that's, you have, you set a high bar with all these mm-hmm. other shows. So mm-hmm. just by, by default, you know, it yeah, is. Exactly. You know, so I exactly. completely, yeah, I completely get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So then let me, let me ask this with the, all your, your travels and, uh, oh, you said you have a GNR shirt on right now. I, I can't see it completely. Yeah, this, this is this is just the one I could sneak in under my work shirt. So they uh-huh. didn't, you know, I don't know what I was doing today. So this, this is an old one. I actually got this tattoo, um, Gosh, probably like 10 years ago. And then when the reunion happened, I got the uh, the bullet and the guns, you know, the, the typical logo that you see on the T-shirt, front of T-shirts. Okay. And for our our podcast friends, that's just the uh, that's the skull face with the top hat and the two guns behind it. Yep. And the Guns N' Roses uh, 
banner in yellow across it, which is great. Yeah, very yeah, cool. from illusions. Yeah, yeah I, I'm the same way. When I used to go into work, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's why I'm just like in the house. It's always if I put the air conditioner on, it's just it, you hear it. So that's why I'm always here in a basketball jersey. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Thank God I have tattoos, so I don't I don't look like I'm I'm like naked to sit. <laughs> but yeah, I would normally just put in a GNR shirt underneath a work shirt or something like that, which I'm sure is something else other um other listeners can identify with for sure. sure. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, with all that, I'm assuming it's not that T-shirt. So, what is your favorite uh, Guns N' Roses uh, piece of memorabilia? Um, I got two. I got two. So I've got one um, that my buddy Craig got me when we went to the Rock and Roll uh, Hall of Fame induction, and he gave it to me as a gift. It was an autographed Axel uh, photo from like 1991, kind of back in his heyday. So that's that's one of my favorites. That's on my dresser at home. And then I have uh, I met Slash on the Apocalyptic Love. I did the the meet and greet, and he autographed um, the GNR Lies CD that I had. So that's probably, that's my favorite one. I got that framed. Um, you know, I got a lot of posters. I've got a lot of, a lot of things, but I, I've got a young daughter now and I, I'm afraid to put some of them up because she's at that age where she's getting into everything. So I, anything that can be high up, I get to look at, but, um, but yeah, those, those are probably my two favorite, the Axel autographed Axel photo. And then, you know, having met slash and having him autograph the lies, uh, that was really cool. And that's special because he was, he was so down to earth, not what I expected. Very cool. Yeah. Um, does your young daughter, does she like GNR? Have you played Sweet Child of Mine for her? I'm yeah, assuming. she's only two and a half. So oh. I did get her, I did get her one of those I Survived Guns N' Roses shirts, which she uh, probably wore to daycare. <laughs> she, she, she just points and says, dinosaur, dinosaur. Well, yeah, sure. Sure. Zoe, dinosaur. <laughs> I'll say that I have the same exact shirt. <laughs> I saw, I saw that. <laughs> That's a cool shirt. It is a cool shirt. I, I'm the same size as your two and a half year old daughter. No, I mean, I, I think uh, well, she probably got like the kids small and I have the kids yeah. large, which is much better. Uh, and this also reminds me what you want to say as this is episode 295. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to put it this way. Think about it. So if this is 295, uh, 296 is going to be the Velveteers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be Jericho and Trell 297 or something like that. But anyway, the point being we're approaching 300. Right. And I want I put out there, uh, you know, a public. It's, I, I know it's not going to happen. I want it that will it into existence to have Fernando come on the show and just talk, you know, just people to get to know him. And I'm not going to, mm-hmm. you know, berate him like some uh, GNR fans might do. I guess, you know, I, so the point I'm thinking about this now, because you mentioned your daughter. So, you know, I put out that tweet and I guess I, I just want all the fans to and, and listeners to know this and why I came out publicly with it. Just to say, hey, those who have listened to me for years, and if you meet Fernando or if you talk to any of them on social media, and you know, I just think there's a miscommunication or a misperception about what GNR management may, from what I've been told, may think about this podcast. So I tweeted the other day at Fernando just to be funny. Uh, if I had a kid, if I had a two year old daughter, I would buy GNR trucks and the Sweet Child of Mine book. Mm-hmm. I I would buy those because. That's kind of like one of the criticisms Fernando gets, you know, oh, instead of new music, we get toy trucks and, and, and books. I mean, I don't know if that's, is that really his fault? You know, why there's no new music? So that's, you know, that, if anything, I want to defend the guy and defend the, uh, the management. So I, I tweeted that out and a listener of mine goes, when is that book coming out? Oh, no, it's out now. It's out. And I, and I put the Amazon link to it. And that person uh, bought the book, tweeted his little girl reading the book and said, thank you. 
you know, thanks for appetite for the story, the AFD podcast for telling me about this book and, and proceeded to tag everybody in Guns N' Roses, including uh, Fernando and all the members, you know. So, Fernando, I made you money. So, there you go. I don't have the book. I got to get it. <laughs> so, look at this. This is a free infomercial, too. Right. What else could I do? I didn't ask Richard Fortas <laughs> any Guns N' Roses questions. I'm helping hawk your, your sweet child to my book. What else could I do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's anything. I don't think there is. But in the meantime, I love talking to people like you, uh, Craig. This was really cool. And uh, again, I don't, don't want to get you uh, fired or you'd have to work overtime or anything like that. It's, Appreciate it's, that. It's a Friday. I, I want you to get out, uh, get out early. It is Friday, isn't it? It is. is. Absolutely it is. I don't even know what day it is anymore. That's, that's the problem of working from home. It all just blends together. I can, yeah. only separate, I can only separate the days by the podcast episodes that I do. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Uh, so do you have, I mean, I know we're all, you're all public figures, and that's why at the beginning I, I forgot to mention uh, Phil's Instagram, the you know Las Vegas Phil. But do you have any sort of Instagram or anything you want public out there to talk to GNR fans, or are you just a private citizen? Yeah, I'm just a private citizen. You know, okay. uh, obviously, I don't have a ton of followers. Followers, I use it. Um, I don't really respond to a whole lot of people. I don't post a whole lot of things. I use it more for information. So, um, you know, I, I just enjoy the podcast itself and, and get, getting to listen to fans like myself that um, that get to be, share these experiences. But I, you know, I don't I don't have time for the followers. I, I just got a few things on my link. I really use it just for band information more than anything. But and you get a lot of good stuff. Yeah, I, I would be, I keep saying it, if, if I didn't have this podcast or if I was not in this field, I think I would be done with it. Mm-hmm. It just gets, it gets annoying. It just gets sure. annoying. Yeah, it's, so you don't, it's like another job. It really is. Yeah. It really is. But that's, I just wanted to make sure I didn't forget because, uh, not, and Phil didn't say anything about it. Mm-hmm. I, I just felt bad about it. I'm like, I should have plugged his, his Instagram. So I, I've definitely plugged it plenty, which sounds weird out of context. Anyway. So that does it for uh, Craig. It was a pleasure. Um, Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. You got thank it. You for doing, thank you for doing the podcast for us, uh, us diehards out there. It, it's, uh, it's really cool that you did this with the, the fan reviews. Um, you know, if you think back, I wish, you know, we probably would if you probably would have done this uh, during the initial, not in this lifetime, but I thought this was a really cool, cool thing to do for the, for the fans and just get a, gen, you know, re- regular everyday guys perspective of the concert and, and the band and uh, really enjoyed it. Thank you for having me on. No problem. And it's, it's, it's fun for me too. It really is. And to meet my, to meet the listeners, because there are those who are kind of vocal on social media who, you know, who I thankfully have found the new, uh, the new Twitter at the AFD podcast or Facebook or Instagram. And I, I see names and I, that's why I, I always want to get you involved. And I tell people about the upcoming guests, which, you know, it sucks. Yeah. I, I had confirmation about Matt Sorum. It's postponed for now, but mm-hmm. if I didn't announce it, I wouldn't get your questions. You know, I couldn't get you involved. And, and the same thing, you know, for, for Jerry Cantrell, if I didn't announce it, the interview wouldn't have been as good because they wouldn't have been asking listener questions. So that's why I, I announce uh, stuff on social media, but there are names I recognize, but it's always, I always like names. I don't. So Craig, I think it's the first time I, I saw you reach out uh, or, or saw your name. So it's always, cause I think nobody listens. I mean, I see numbers. I know people listen, but you know, it's always nice to put a, a name to the number. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm sure there's a lot more people out there that, you know, this is, yeah, I don't get to sit here and watch on the, on the online or anything, but it's great, you know, in the car, I listen to, you know, every episode that you put out there. So it, it, it was fun. I, I appreciate you doing this. 
Cool. I'll, and I'll let you know if I do a fan friendly or a kid friendly episode. I'll have to like mute the Perfect. beginning of the intro. Maybe, maybe that's my problem. The kids can't listen to the show because Axel going, do you know what the fuck you are at the beginning of this? <laughs> anyway, a story for another time. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. Obviously, keep uh, September 10th. That is the date that you will see. Uh, you will hear the Jerry Cantrell interview. Um, not you can watch it on YouTube, but it's going to be you know photos and stuff because it was just a phone interview. So stay tuned for that. As soon as I find out I'm at Sorum, I will let you know. I, I keep getting uh, submissions for uh, future reviews. I just got one the other day for Saint uh, for Minnesota, which is really great. So anybody who wants to review, just like Craig did here, you know whether it's Facebook, Twitter, social media, email at the AFD Show at gmail dot com. Do so. And uh, this could be you. You could be just like, <laughs> <laughs> taking a break from work. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. One when you see the next one. Well, in the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home. <laughs>